Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is a cash bar. It's a cash bar. It's a cash bar. Ah, <laughs> uh, Potomac is back. I am so happy that the Real House is Potomac. Queens are back on our TV screens. I feel great. I feel grand. I feel alive. I feel like Celine Dion singing her hit, I'm Alive, in Las Vegas. I don't know if you guys ever heard that live recording. It starts off with her humming the song, and then uh, she sings, you know, I'm alive. And then she talks to the audience throughout the entire song, and she's like, how you feeling tonight? How about over there? How about over there? I'm alive. She just questions everyone in the audience, just singing, how about over there? Um, anyway, I encourage you all to listen to that song, but that's not the point. The point is... I'm alive, and so are you! The Real Houses of Potomac are back, and I just loved the premiere. It opened very ominously with, like, broken glass, a first aid kit. Now, we know that there is a physical altercation between Candace and Monique. We don't know exactly what happens. And I know some people were worried that they weren't going to show it, like they might have edited it out. But it looks like we're going to see the whole thing, because in the previews for what's upcoming, we do see kind of, uh, they give us like grainy VHS footage of the fight, and we see that one frame of Ashley watching it with like her eyes really wide, and and that's how we all feel watching that trailer. But I'm so excited about this season. Again, I've heard so many wonderful things about what's to come. I hear it's a good season, and last season was fantastic. 
And I truly feel like it's having a moment. Like, I feel like because of this crazy pandemic we're all going through, I feel like a lot of people caught up with Potomac. And I've seen some really wonderful things online, and it seems like everyone's loving it. So I can't wait for us to dive in and recap the entire season. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do separate recaps for Potomac or if I'm going to put them on the episode with the other recaps. Haven't quite decided yet. You know, we we run by the seat of our pants. Is that the saying? What's the saying? I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, we'll figure it out. I, I The premiere needed its own episode. It needed its own episode. So again, we open with that footage, like a horror movie, and Bloomhouse wishes, because it's fantastic editing. Uh, and then we cut to seven weeks earlier. Now, I normally hate when they do this, but this season, I don't know, I feel on board. It just feels fresh. Doesn't Potomac feel fresh? New York, Beverly Hills, they've been letting us down a little bit. Although I've been loving Beverly Hills. It seems like that's not the consensus. I don't know. That's the impression I get from the internet. Uh, and New York, of course, alcohol, the TV show, is is great in certain ways. Uh, but Potomac feels like it's going to give us an arc. We have characters that just feel fresh. And I wish on all of the franchises they'd change over the cast more than what they do. But Potomac, it's still, uh, the cast is still giving it to us. And we we met a new woman uh, this week. And we also met somebody else that's a star. And of course, I'm talking about Monique's bird. So we cut to seven weeks earlier, and we're at Monique's house, and she's got a new bird, She, which I think birds are weird, I'll be honest, but she's got one, and she, she's treating it like a child. She's treating it more like a child than the newborn child she just had. And I want to take a little detour here. So fast forward if you're not interested, because we're going to veer from Potomac Housewives for a minute. And I got to tell you a story about my mom, Linda Pellegrino, and myself and a bird. Now, I've told you in the past about my mom has this bold-ass woodpecker. That's not what this story is about. This story dates back to my high school years. I have two older brothers. They were already off to college. I was the only one living at the house. It was fall, autumn, Ohio. Now, autumn, Ohio, a lot of people make wreaths, right? Like, they go gather pine cones, leaves, and do homemade wreaths. So my mom was doing some wreath work this autumn. She was making, you know, she got the plain wreath from Michael's or Joanne Fabrics, and she was putting some leaves on it, some pine cones from the yard, some ribbon, making a nice fall wreath for the front door. So she makes it earlier in the day, and she puts it out. Then, uh, you know, I'm home from school. She asked me to go look at the wreath. She says, what do you think? Does it need more? Does it need less? So, you know, we go outside, we look at the front door, I see the wreath. It looks like something's going on in in, in the wreath, but I didn't know exactly what. But I say, you know, Mom, maybe it needs some uh, more leaves or something on the right side to balance it out, because it looked like something extra was on the left side. So, you know, I go inside and and going about my evening. So my mom goes inside and she gets her craft supplies out and she's about to go put it on the wreath. So she goes to the front door and she opens it from the inside. And as soon as she opens it, I hear from the kitchen, I'm in the kitchen, I hear from the front door, <laughs> she's losing it, right? She loses it. She screams and I'm like, what's happening? Like, did a killer just come in the house? What's going on? And a bird flew in right when my mom opened the door. So that thing that I saw in the wreath, it was actually a live bird. Now, I don't know what kind of bird it was. Uh, was it a pigeon or something like that? You know, a uh, uh, a bird in Ohio. It wasn't like a falcon. It wasn't you know, something. It wasn't a crow, but it was like a, a bird in Ohio. So my mom starts freaking. Dan, Dan, come here. There's a bird in the house. You know, she's freaking out. The bird goes upstairs, and there's a hallway upstairs, like in between uh, the rooms on the top floor. And so my mom immediately she goes to the kitchen and she grabs like a big ass pot that she would make soup in. And she grabs a lid for the pot. And she's like going to go catch this bird like she's that fucking crocodile hunter or something. Like she's instinctively just grabbed the pot. Now I'm laughing because my mom is like at a level 11. Like between 1 and 10, she's like at an 11. Like her eyes are crazy eyes like Ramona Singer. She's going to catch this bird even though she's terrified of this bird. She knows she's got to catch it, but she's terrified. She screamed when it came in the house. It flew right past her hair and up to the upstairs. Now, we've never had a wild bird in the house at this point. 
We're not bird people. I think bird people, again, are weird. So we never had a bird as a pet or anything like this. And this is, again, a wild bird. So my mom goes upstairs. And the bird's on one side of the upstairs hallway. And my mom goes after it, and the bird flies to the other side of the hallway. And as it flies, it goes past my mom, and she flails her arms about as if she's one of those inflatables at a car dealership, you know, outside. So she's got the pot and pan, but she's like, she's going like her arms are independent from her body. And every time she goes to the bird, the bird runs to the other side of the hallway. It's not like it's a large hallway, but it's going to the other side. My mom can't catch it with the pot and pan, or the pan and the, uh, or the lid and the pot. So I'm downstairs like this point, and I'm laughing because my mom's, again, hysterical. But I do know that I need to step up and help her catch this bird. So she yells, Dan, call the bird by the door. Just call it. Do a, you know, call to the door, and maybe it'll come down. You'll open the door and let it out. Because my mom can't catch it in the hallway. So I'm by the front door. I have my hand on the knob, and I'm ready to open the door when the bird flies down uh, from my bird call. And let it out, but I don't want to leave the door open because I don't want any other birds to come in. At this point, we don't know how many birds are out there ready to fly into the house. So I start going, ooh, ooh, ooh. My mom's hysterical. She goes, Dan, it's not an owl. Dan, it's not an owl. I'm like, I'm sorry, Mom, I don't know other bird calls. Like, I didn't learn them in school. They don't teach us that in the ninth grade, uh, how to call a bird out the fucking house. So my mom goes, okay, you know, I'll come down there. And so she comes downstairs by the door, and the bird's still up in the hallway. And she starts going, ha-cha, ha-cha. Now, again, that's not a bird call either. I don't know what the fuck she was doing, but she's just, ha-cha, (laughs) ha-cha. I guess it was sort of like a mix between what you think a crow does. I don't know. Have you guys seen Schitt's Creek? It was like Moira in, um, in that movie, The Crow, or whatever that she does. The crow inning. Um, but yeah, she's just going, ha-cha, ha-cha. And I'm cracking up, okay? And the bird's not taking the bait either. If anything, the bird's completely scared of my mom's call. And so the bird actually like flew into my brother's old bedroom. So they were, my brothers were out of the house. The bird flew in there. My mom, Dan, go close the door. So I run upstairs and I close the door and we lock the bird in the bedroom. So now the bird is in there and my mom and I, are arguing over who has to go into the room and catch this bird with the big pot. Now, look, I don't like a wild animal. I don't, I'm not interested in birds, but neither is my mom. Now, I was a student. I was a high school student, but I was still a young kid. I wasn't that old. Yes, I was old enough uh, to know what was going on, but I, I don't know that I was old enough to be thrown into the bedroom to catch this bird. So I, maybe I should have. Maybe I should have stepped up. In retrospect, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe I should have said, Mom, give me that pot, and I'll run and catch the wild bird. But I didn't. I was scared. When I got up there to close the door, I was terrified. I was shaking out of my boots. So my mom had to go into my brother's old room and catch the bird. So she runs in there, and I thought she wanted me to then close the door on her. I figured I'll let her in. I opened the door for her. I had closed it. I opened it for her to the bedroom. She ran in, and so I slammed the door shut. Dan, why are you locking me in here with the bird? (laughs) She's going nuts now, because she's locked in there with the wild bird. And I'm like, Mom, just catch it. If I open the door, it's going to fly out, and we won't get it. And so now my mom's in a standoff. So a couple moments go by, and she's knocking on the door. And I open it. She's got the bird in the pot. She's got the bird in the pot. She caught it, and she's holding the lid on it. Uh, and she is ready to go release it into the wild. So we're walking downstairs. You know, I'm kind of surveying and I'm, I'm guiding her down the stairs to make sure this bird doesn't get out of the, uh, off the lid, you know, by the time we get it outside. And my dad's coming home. He's coming home from work. So my dad walks in and he says, uh, oh, what are you cooking? And my mom's like, it's a live bird, Gary. As if he's supposed to know that, right? Like, she, no one's explained to my father that we just caught a live bird in my brother's old bedroom. Uh, but uh, he goes, What's, what are we cooking for dinner? It's a live bird, Gary. So then he's confused. He just knows at that point, you know, go to the other room and watch TV or something because you know, we're busy. So then we open the door. We let the bird fly loose. The bird flies away. It was the most hysterical about, I don't know, five or ten minutes of my entire lifetime. 
I mean, truly, the the energy in that room, the adrenaline from a live bird flying into our house uh, was through the roof. The next morning, I, I head to school, I look at the trash cans, and I see the wreath that my mom made just sitting in the pile of trash, ready for the garbage man to pick it up. She threw it away. Uh, we were no longer celebrating autumn in our house, according to uh, the outside, because my mom wasn't interested in hanging that autumn wreath because she was afraid it would uh, catch more birds. And so that's the story of uh, the Pellegrinos and the birds. And I'm sorry to take that little detour, but I felt like you guys needed to know. Um, because I think birds are weird. And here's Monique, back to Potomac, just treating this bird as if it's a dog. She put a leash on it, you guys. She had a leash for this bird. I've never seen... I've seen a lot of things in my day. I had a neighbor that used to put a cat on the leash, and I always thought that was strange. Who puts a leash on a cat? You don't walk cats in the neighborhood. You walk a dog. And maybe that's just a societal norm, and we need to change that. But I don't think we should be putting all these other animals in leashes. It's like kids on a leash, too. You know, you go to a theme park and you see people with leashes on kids. When I was younger, that was a normal thing. That was a normal thing. I'm certain that at some point in my life, my mom put me on a leash. When I was three or something, I think that I had a leash on somewhere. Um, But it's not normal anymore. And it's also certainly not normal to put a leash on a a wild bird. I don't know if that was a wild bird or do they call it a domestic bird? I don't know. Uh, But she put a leash on it, you guys. And she was potty training the fucking bird. She was potty training it. What? (laughs) I was in shock. Were we not all in shock? My mouth was agape. I couldn't believe that she had the pee pads. Do they even sell pee? Was that a pee pad? You know, the pee pads they sell at the pet store for dogs that you're treating a puppy to potty train. But you don't do that for birds. I don't even think they sell pee pads for birds. Maybe that Monique needs to go on Shark Tank and start marketing them to birds. You should introduce it to Mark Cuban. Bethany Frankel sometimes guests on Shark Tank. You know, she's a housewife herself. So maybe Monique could sell that for 5% equity uh, to Mr. Wonderful and get her bird pee pad off the ground, uh, the business. But, you know, I was shocked. I was shocked. And then she brings the bird over to Karen's house. And as she said, like, I'm going to bring it to Karen's house. I did even, before Karen said this, I was thinking, like, shouldn't you bring the newborn baby over to Karen's house? Like, maybe she doesn't care to see the bird. Um, But nope, that's not what Monique did. Not interested. But I was so on the edge of my seat, excited for Karen's reaction. Are you bringing it in? Can I? I? I can get his cage. Get the cage. Give me a oh, Monique, really? Show you, sweet. A bird on a leash? You bought a damn bird and not the baby. What the H-E double chopsticks is going on? Listen, I need an animal. Father God in heaven. And the reaction did not disappoint. She's like, what the fuck is that? Why did you bring a... D-? She said, you brought a damn bird and not the baby. And then in her confessional, she said, Father God in heaven. Now, I'll tell you something. One of the things that the Potomac women do, uh, I've seen Karen do this before. She gives a little prayer in her confessional, and I love when she gives a little prayer. A little prayer singlet, or I don't know what you would call it. Um, but she said, Father God in heaven, in regards to the bird that was brought over to her house. And um, again, I was excited when this episode started. But when I heard Karen Huger, the grand dame of Potomac, do a little prayer in her confessional. I thought, we are back on track. The Housewives franchise is back, baby! <laughs> I love it! It was back and better than ever. Father God in heaven, thank you. Father God in heaven. Father God in heaven. Uh, Karen's got a new house. It's stunning. I liked it. I liked it. Monique sort of shaded it, but I thought it looked good. Um, but I did see when they went to the backyard, it looked like a deer was fenced in. Did anyone catch that? For a split second, I thought, was Karen going to have a pet deer? Because apparently normal pets are not a thing on this franchise after we met the bird. And so right behind the fence, it looked like there was a deer in the fence. Rewind it. Go back and watch it. There was a deer. And I thought, Huger's going to all of a sudden say, like, this is my pet deer. And she's going to be walking Bambi on a leash throughout the neighborhood. We all thought it. I thought, Father God in heaven, please don't let that be her pet. Uh, But it's revealed that Ray, Karen's husband is not so happy that Karen started the fragrance line. He's not engaging with her. She says, Ray's ready to retire. He's in his 70s, but I'm in my 50s, Karen Huger says. 
So we're in different spots. And so we're being introduced to these problems between Karen and Ray. And I'm a little bit worried because I always thought they were very solid. She always stuck up for him. It seemed like no matter what was going to happen between them, it seemed like they were solid. But you know, maybe we're wrong. I don't know. Ray is going to have some problems with Karen. And I don't like when a man's not supportive. I know he comes from a different generation. But frankly, that's no excuse. I, we hear that excuse a lot, right? Like, this person's from a different generation. So uh, they just are a bigot or whatever the you know thing is. And to me, it's like, you can't just be misogynistic because you're from a different generation. Like, you should just learn better. If you were misogynistic, maybe just take a moment and learn. It does, You can't just excuse it because you're 70. So I don't know if anyone's out there listening and excusing things because they're 70. You can't just be set in your ways when it comes to misogyny. And so I wish Ray would just support the Grand Dame's fragrance. Uh, I, somebody needs to. I'm not sure that audiences are supporting the fragrance. I don't know how many people have bought a bottle, but uh, I don't imagine it's flying off the shelves, <laughs> flying off the shelves the way that Monique's bird is flying off, you know, out of her house. But we then cut over to Giselle. Giselle's got a new house. She describes her decor as blingy. And I got to be honest, I don't care for it. I don't care for the decor, this blingy decor. But she's back with Jamal, the pastor, who she had been divorced from uh, for 12 years. For 12 years. And he wasn't in the scene, and I was expecting him to just pop in. But I was a little confused. He doesn't live there? Maybe they said this, forgive me. I missed it, but I was confused. So he doesn't live there, but he, he was in Atlanta. So he's living in Atlanta, but they're back together or something. Uh, I didn't feel strongly enough about my confusion to go back and figure it out. But uh, I was expecting him to show up. He didn't. The girls are very awkward about it. Now, he had cheated when the girls were young. And look, Giselle says in her confessional, I have faith in us going down this road, whether you guys like it or not. And she's basically saying that to us audience. Fuck you guys. I don't care what you think. We're getting back together. I'm worried about it. I'm worried for Giselle. I hope that this man treats her right and doesn't cheat again. I think, personally, you can get over things that happen in your marriage. I'm fully on board with people forgiveness and moving forward and being different people. But I do worry, and I enter the future trepidatiously uh, for Giselle. Uh, then we cut to Candace and her event planner. She's planning this anniversary party. Uh, it's revealed that the cash bar for this anniversary is going to be $22,000. Now, Candace led us to believe that they were going to buy the cash bar. But it turns out we learn later that they do not get the cash bar. And so people have to buy drinks. And I am firmly in the camp of if you have a big party, you should definitely have an open bar. I think you should spring for the money or don't have it. Now, if it's a really huge event, uh, I, I think it's a little bit different story. But if it's an intimate event, an anniversary party, I feel like you should pay for the bar. Whoever's hosting should pay for the bar, I believe. And I feel that way with weddings, too, no matter what size of the wedding. I think if you can't afford to pay for the bar, if you can't afford to have an open bar at your wedding, I think you need to wait a little bit before you have that reception. I think maybe wait until you do. Or have like a scaled-down version of it of a wedding. I, I hate when somebody has a big wedding and then a cash bar, right? I think if you don't have the money, that's fine. Have a small wedding. Have a tiny wedding where you can afford to give alcohol for free to the people. Scale it down. But don't have a 350-person wedding and a cash bar because you should have had a smaller group there where you could afford to buy everyone some beer and wine. That's another option, too. If you can't afford the liquor, just do the beer and wine. You know, that's my opinion. Sorry, anyone out there who did a cash bar but I don't agree with it. <laughs> I need to know that I'm being heard. Uh, anyway, Candace, uh, I was a little worried that she's having an anniversary party. I know it wasn't a vow renewal, which is the kiss of death, but I was still a little worried. I don't like when they do parties to celebrate the marriage afterwards. Again, just me. But uh, She does say that she's not taking any money from her mom, Dorothy, which is good. Proud of her for moving. Candace said uh, she would be in the bowels of hell before she takes another coin from Dorothy. So then we meet Ashley and baby Dean, her new baby. Uh, the baby looks exactly like Michael. Michael. And you guys, Ashley says in her confessional, she says, Michael and I have had our fair share of problems that we've overcome. 
and she said it with a full-ass smile. She said it with a smile. I saw teeth. She was smiling uh, through that line. We've had our fair share of problems that we've overcome. As if the problem was just like we didn't uh, agree on the vacation spot or or he didn't take out the trash or whatever it was. She was acting like their fair share of problems were so easy. And it was like she literally had to go on the news and talk about this man. He allegedly, what, like groped a camera person or something. There were grinder photos. There's been a lot of controversy around this Michael man. And he's seemingly a monster, and I do not care for him. Uh, but to act then, like, well, we've had our fair share of problems, but, you know, we overcame them. To say it with a smile, I don't accept the smile. I, she's showed teeth. Come on. Come on. Father God in heaven. Uh, Michael then uh, goes, uh, the two of them go, and they walk the baby, walking through the neighborhood. Michael said something about the uh, baby being an actor, Dean. Uh, and then Ashley's squared, scared of the squirrels and the spiders or something. She said in regards to the spiders that she's worried about the sharp claws. And I rewound it because I thought, was she talking about the squirrels? But I think she was actually talking about the spiders. And uh, look, I don't love the wild animals either, as you guys know. Um, but Ashley seems very filled with fear. And I'm sure a lot of new mothers feel that way too. What do they always say? Like, they don't give you a manual on how to parent kids. There you go. Uh, so then we catch up with Robin and Juan. Oh, guys, Juan, that beautiful specimen. He's so pretty. He's so pretty. I just, uh, looking at him. Whew. Whew. Uh, but he's beautiful. Robin wants to get married to Juan. She asks, when are we going to do this? She's in marriage mode. They're leading us to believe that Juan is not, but then they, uh, they, they were just fooling us. He said, I'm excited to do this the right way. Uh, it seems like they're in love. Although the previews show us something different. I want those two to be together. I don't, I worry more about Giselle and Jamal than I do about Robin and Juan. I think Robin and Juan are very cute together. And maybe he's screwed up in his youth. And maybe I have rose colored glasses on for Juan because I just think he's so sexy, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, we do have this scene at a bakery where Candace and Giselle get together. Candace wants to get some cookies for her thing. She says, Giselle's the dessert queen. I feel like they've really tried to make Giselle and desserts happen because we had that scene where she baked cookies in the last season and the first episode she talks about baking. But then nothing's ever happened from it. Did Giselle, did I miss that? Did she ever come out with a line of desserts? Can we buy a cookie mix with Giselle on the cover of a box? Because I'll buy it. Take my money. Much rather that than skinny girl ham. Somebody get Giselle a dessert line. Where's it at? I'll buy some cupcake mix with Giselle on it, but I don't know where it's happening. Anyway, they try a bunch of stuff. Uh, it seems like they have some tension between them because they shaded each other's house. Uh, Candace reveals that she's not inviting Ashley to the anniversary party. Um, and yeah, the, uh, Giselle had said, Candace, you've been pretty nasty about my home renovations. And then they flash back to that after show. And I like that they do those after shows because they've started flashing back and incorporating those after shows into the storylines on these shows. And I'm all for it because they do weird pairings for those after shows. And so you get a lot of like shady stuff. I think they did that on Vanderpump Rules too. Uh, but I like that they do weird pairings and then they flash back to it in the seasons. I'm into it. So then let's see. We, we're back with Ashley. She's feeding baby Michael. Or I'm sorry, his name's Dean. It just looked like Michael. Uh, Monique arrives, and uh, Monique brings Chase, the cutest little baby I ever did see. Is that baby not the cutest? Oh my God, Chase. And he went on the potty, and they were also happy that he pottied. <laughs> they were also happy. They were cheering, hooting and hollering that Chase went on the potty. I was so happy for him. Um, but Ashley reveals to Monique, look, I have a phobia about going outside. A phobia, and she said uh, she didn't want to go. And I thought you're ahead of the curve, Ashley, because in a few months none of us would be going outside, unfortunately. Um, but Ashley says that people are still making up things about her family. And look, I don't think everyone's like really making up things about Michael. And I don't know that we should say the family because it's all really Michael. And at some point, Candace either has to like admit some of these things are happening. Or get off the show. It seems to me like she sort of wants to be in the middle. She kind of still denies stuff. That's just my opinion. It feels like she denies. 
She denies what's happening with Michael. And yeah, they've confronted her a million times, but I don't feel like she's fully taken ownership of all of these allegations against Michael. And then she just wants to ignore them. And you're on a reality TV show, and I get that if you don't want to discuss your private matters about your husband hooking up with these strippers in a hotel room or or whatever the newest allegation is. I get that if you don't want to discuss it, but then you need to get off the reality TV. Because... As we know on these shows, people don't want to discuss their allegations, and it ruins the programs. That happens on Beverly Hills all the time. It feels like on Beverly Hills, oftentimes, we're not getting the real story. They focus on one other person, divert the attention, and we can't have that on Potomac. We can't have that on these other shows. So I just want us to all look out for that. Uh, let's see. Oh, Ashley does, I want to mention, call Candace a hamster face. And what I really found interesting about this uh, allegation is that the producers of this program, they did a split-screen still of Candace and a hamster. And I don't know if I've ever laughed that hard when they showed that still screen of Candace's face next to a hamster. And it was so fucking rude. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. These women on these shows, they really do have to take a lot. They do have to take a lot of emotional abuse from these programs. And if I was Candace and I'm watching the show, you know, the women get their screeners early. Of these episodes, and I'm if I'm watching the very first episode, and you know these women are excited. They're like, "I'm on TV again," because a lot of what do they say? Rich people, the only thing they can't buy is fame. So I think with Housewives, sort of the through line of all of these franchises, is that these women, yeah, they are wealthy and they don't need to be on TV. Some of them, but they do anyway because they want the fame. And so imagine you're so excited. Those people are so excited to be watching the premiere of their show. I don't blame them. They got a hit show on a cable network. And so Candace is sitting back. She's sitting with her husband. She's probably making some popcorn and enjoying her on screen. The first episode back for the new season. And then suddenly, my bosses, her bosses, not my bosses, but her bosses, they all of a sudden put on a split screen of her face next to a hamster. What are you going to do? I would go cry. I would immediately go cry if I saw my face next to a hamster. I don't want to see my face next to any animals on a public forum. Certainly not on cable TV that millions of people are watching. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. I would have called up producers right then and say, why'd you put the fucking hamster's face next to mine? Did you really need to do that? Did the audience really need a visual of my face next to a hamster? That's what I'd say. Now, I loved it as an audience member. It was a beautiful thing to see. But as the talent who's next to the face of a hamster... I'm not sure I'd really care for it. And if it was another animal, any other animal would have been even more offensive. Could you imagine? What if on Orange County, when Slade was calling Vicky a pig face, if they did a split screen with the pig? Did they do that? I don't think they did that. What if all of a sudden it's like Vicky's face next to Babe, Pig in the City, and she's watching the episode? They never did that. But here, they put up a screen with Candace and a hamster face. What? I could not believe my eyes. Father God in heaven. But again... As an audience member, and as a fan of comedy, I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. 
Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to Get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Candace and uh, Monique talks about how her and uh, Candace were super close, and then they fell out, but they made up again. They made up again, and they're really setting this up, this feud, this season-long feud between Monique and Candace, and I can't wait to learn more. So then uh, we cut to the anniversary event. It's uh, Candace' anniversary party. It's like a denim and diamonds party. Candace's outfit is insane, and I loved it. She had the denim boots, which were just flawless, loved it. Queen Dorothy arrived, her mother, and it's revealed that they're not in a good place, Dorothy and Candace, not in a good place. But we do also meet Wendy, the new housewife at this party. And look, Karen in her confessional, I was not expecting this, but Karen shades Wendy and says, Wendy and I have sat on boards together, been at events together, and I'm not impressed. Oh, the little hairs on my back of my neck stood up. The thick, dark Italian hairs on the back of my neck stood right up, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a good feud. I'm excited for this Wendy and Karen dynamic, which I was not expecting. One of the things that's exciting about Potomac is, although we have heard about the Candace and Monique feud in the blogs and in the trailers, we don't know exactly like what happened there. There's been a lot of secrets with this season, and I feel like that's what's been problematic with like Beverly Hills Housewives. It feels like we know too much. And so I'm excited that we don't know a whole ton about, like, even this feud between Wendy and Karen. We don't know a lot about it. Giselle arrived in a blinged-up jumpsuit. Uh, let's see. Karen, Candace, and Giselle, they go chat. Uh, Candace says Giselle's perturbed by her. Now, this was a little confusing, because now we got a little Giselle-Candace feud going. But they had just been at the bakery together, and they seemed like they had made up and been fine. So the timeline of this was confusing to me. Uh, but uh, Giselle did say, Candace, look, you have Twitter problems. You get in front of that computer screen and you just go nuts. And I would just like to recommend that maybe Candace takes a step back from Twitter and social media and maybe just think we could all do that. That's a lesson for us all, right? Before you send out something into the world, take a step back and think about it for a minute. We all do it, but Candace seems to do it way more than others. And that's troublesome. Anyway, let's see. Oh, Wendy says that she knows Jamal really well, Giselle's Jamal. And she says he's really into social engagement. We've marched together. 
And this is an interesting thing because it's setting up a little Giselle versus Wendy. I haven't been this excited about a Wendy since that last time I ordered a Frosty and a cheeseburger off Postmates. I mean, I'm very excited about her. She seems like she's going to mix it up. She's just the addition we need. Now, Sharice is also at the party. Sharice, of course, was a former housewife. And I don't know, Robin's wondering why Sharice is there. And I'm I'm curious if Sharice is going to be a major part of this season or if she's just going to come and go. Uh, it seemed like they were setting up something between Robin and Sharice because Robin was really shading her. And uh, I don't know what that was about. I don't know. Oh, but we mentioned the cash bar. And I got to say, when Karen was trying to order a drink and Monique told her that it was a cash bar, Karen just said, to each his own. And it said so much without saying anything at all. And that's what Karen Huger is so good at. Queen icon legend, Karen Huger. She knows how to say so much in so little. She could say it with her eyes. As she was saying so much with those eyes, just by that one line, to each his own. And I, I got chills. It was like Meryl Streep wishes. Karen Huger can say so much with so little. And I love her. Uh, oh, apparently Sharice has been facilitating nasty rumors about Monique's family. So that was a thing with Sharice that came up. I know, was Sharice trying to get back on the show? Maybe she was trying to like spice things up to get back on. I'm not sure. But Monique won't even reveal what those rumors are. So I'm wondering if they'll come back. I need to know what they are. In Monique's confessional, she's like, I'm not, t- I'm not saying another word. And I needed another word. Needed it. So then Candace grabs the microphone. And I was hoping that somebody would sing a song. You know, on Potomac, oftentimes we get a song, either Candace singing something or we get Ashley singing that coffee song. What was that song about coffee? I can't remember, but she's singing that coffee song that no one likes. Actually, I like it. I take that back. It's a good, it's a good song. In terms of the Housewives song canon, I'd say it's towards the top. Uh, but Candace gets on the microphone. She thanks everyone. She says she has great people in uh, her life who are married. She says, my two most biggest inspiration when it comes to marriages are standing right over there. And she points to Dorothy, the mom, and she points to Karen Huger. And so, first of all, Karen gets on the mic, and she's a little tipsy, I believe. And she said, uh, right off the bat, she says, I'm so happy, Chris, you were able to make love to her, meaning her daughter. And that was troublesome. And then she said, I was married 35 years, but that was the span of two husbands. And that was just a brilliant line. I just really love Dorothy. I love Dorothy. More Dorothy on the show. I love her. She's loose cannon. Never know what she's going to say. She grabs that microphone. We don't know what's going to come out of Dorothy's mouth at any given moment. And that's what I like in a woman. Uh, and then she's saying it. Candace folds up the tissue and cries into it. And everyone like makes fun of her that she folds up the napkin and cries. And it, this was a little like fourth wall breaky because the only reason I think that these women know that Candace folds up the tissue like that and cries and dabs it in the corner of her eye, a very Kyle Richards-esque thing to do. Uh, it's because we've seen it on the show so much. So it was funny to me that they were acknowledging it. I loved, I loved that they were acknowledging it. And then Karen Huger is on the microphone and she says, my kids went off and I'm a businesswoman. And, uh, look, we're trying to figure this out. We're, we're dusting off the institution called Marin, marriage, she says, regarding her relationship with Ray. And so, look, Candace just introduced her biggest inspirations when it comes to marriage, and one of them's been married twice, and the other one is talking about, on the microphone, basically how it's uh, her marriage is folding under. And so, I hope that Candace gets some other people in her life that she can look up to when it comes to wedded bliss. But for now, uh, she is looking at these two women who seemingly don't have all the answers when it comes to marriage, but who am I to judge? Marriage is tough. Marriage is tough. So, I get it. Dorothy had to do two men. I get it. Uh, Karen Huger struggling with the uh, Ray. I get it. It is what it is. But that's the end of the episode. This season, we get uh, more of the bird. I'm very excited. They go on a Portugal trip. We get Karen in a parade. There's a sex party. It's revealed that Ashley has a tear in her anus, which I was surprised they put in the footage for the coming attractions. I do have a tear in my anus. Oh, that's a whole nother can of whoop ass. It was not something that I, I would think I would if I was editing together the footage of what's to come on my season of a reality show. I don't know that I would have felt the need to include one of the cast members say, I tore my anus, right? I mean, talk about embarrassing. You know, I said Candace is watching. She's got to look at the still frame of a hamster face next to her own. And now 
Ashley, poor Ashley's gonna just see a clip of her saying, I tore my anus. And I don't know that that was like the biggest storyline in her life that they needed to tease in the upcoming season. Plenty of other things going on with Ashley. Her husband allegedly cheats with these strippers, which they did uh, reveal in the trailer. Uh, But I just don't know that they really had to go there. It really felt like just a knife in her back. And I'm sure she was sitting back and watching and thinking, I'm sure Ashley was watching this premiere episode when she got the screener and thinking she got out of it scot-free. It wasn't that bad for her. She looked pretty good in the premiere episode. A little delusional, but she looked pretty good otherwise. Um, Until the coming attractions for the remainder of the season when she is revealed that she tore her anus. And I don't know. They did it, though. Those editors. What do you think? They had a conversation about it with the producers? Like, hey, should we put in the clip of Ashley talking about how she tore her anus up? Do you think that's important for the audience to know what's to come? (laughs) Hello, Bravo audience. What's to come this season is Ashley tore her anus. I do have a tear in my anus. Anyway, I'm sorry uh, to dwell on that. But we also see Robin and Juan in therapy. A little Wendy versus Ashley. Ray and Karen problems. Again, more Michael. It looks like a good season. I am on board. I am alive. I feel good. You guys, I feel good about where we're headed, about where we've been. I feel like, I hope everyone's on board. I'm alive. And so are you. The gift that keeps on giving in these women, I feel delighted by every last one of them. They've all given us something. They have all given us, I don't feel like there's really a weak link in the cast. Like maybe some could be better than others. But look, we have storylines with all of them. We have so many different layers of feuds being set up between all of the women. We have different alliances, shifting alliances. I mean, uh, the, the footage of the big fight, of course, with Monique and Candace looks like it, it causes all sorts, of, uh, all sorts of shifting alliances. And we saw at the beginning of the episode, we see the women sitting down talking about that fight. And they said, you know, up until this point, we've been able to uh, not play into the stereotype and and we haven't been uh, physical in this way. And so they are upset about it. And I like that they're having that conversation. I just, I want it. I'm excited for all, all of it to play out. I just am excited is all. Anyway, you guys, that's the episode. Uh, we'll be back with uh, recaps later this week of Beverly Hills in New York. I also want to say I did a recap of the very first episode ever of Sex in the City. I will be promoting this on the show. Uh, it was so much fun. I watched the pilot, the very first episode of Sex in the City. And I recapped it for Patreon. And we talked a lot about birds here today. And on that recap, I talked a lot about the pigeon lady in Home Alone 2 who's covered in bird shit. And uh, it was an important time in history that I go over in more detail on the Patreon episode. But if you want to listen to that, I think I'm going to do more of the Sex in the City recaps because it was fun and it seemed like people like them. So those will be at patreon.com slash everything iconic. And all you have to do to listen is donate $4 or more per month. So it is sort of like a subscription type thing. Uh, $4 or more per month, and you get access to all the bonus episodes. I do just one a month there. And more importantly, that money just helps to support this show. And I thank you, everyone who's over there. I thank you, thank you, thank you. I also want to promote the merch we have available. We have t-shirts. We have we have these Bedwine wine glasses that are so adorable. They say Bedwine on them. And they're really, really good quality wine glasses. And uh, you can get those over at everythingiconic.store, along with signed copies, uh, signed by me, of Fancy AF Cocktails, cocktail book, and yeah, uh, Cameo and all that stuff. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And let's take a moment to just relax and breathe before we play our little cheesy theme song. Let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in, and I want you all to think about a pet you've had in your life. Maybe a dog, a cat. Breathe out. Now, hopefully most of you have had a pet at some point in your life. Or maybe in the future you can have a pet. Uh, but I want you to just think about a good time with your dog, your cat. Maybe some of you have had domestic birds. I want you to think about a good time and just Revel in that for a minute. Pets are so healing. And, uh, you know, if you have a dog near you, a cat near you, just snuggle up with them today and let that heal you. Okay, I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and bye bye. Raise your hands to a-
icons. I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the sets of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.